Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay. Um, so, basically, um, my curiosity okay. brought you to me okay. or me to you. Um, I didn't really know much about you. Yeah. I didn't really know. You know, sometimes I just go on the internet and I just see the internet do what the internet does. And then sometimes I get, I can either be drawn into what the internet is doing, or sometimes it just doesn't appeal to me at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the internet was doing what the internet was doing in regards to you, yeah. to be honest with you, like I had seen like little bits of you and whatever and what people were talking about and whatnot. But I was like, to me, it just felt like a thing where I just wasn't too surprised. About, I don't, I'm never surprised about anything. I just kind of just went off and just carried on ignoring it and just going on about my thing okay. until it just constantly kept becoming a thing. And people that I knew that watched your content we'll and I did you. know you yeah. would mention you. And that made me realise that it was, this was a, a thing. Mm. Who are you? YouTuber, uh, I review like shows, I talk about issues that bother me, things that frustrate me, and it's something that I've been doing for a minute. So, I've been doing it for the last five years, as a hobby, five, six years, and then it just turned into people wanted to just hear my thoughts and opinions about stuff. And it's just a mixture really, just talk about things that frustrate me, irritate me, and just reviewing shows. It's just a mixture of both. You grew up in Brixton? I grew up in Brixton and Shrek. So sure. Streatham is further down in South, born and raised uh, in both areas. I kind of grew up in both because my grandparents lived in Brixton. So I was like in between both houses. I used to live with them and look after them. So it was a bit of both. Um, today as well, I just got loads of questions. So I'm, I'll interject at certain points. Mm. But I just got, I'm just trying to understand mm. who you are and what this is about as mm. well. Um, talk to me about growing up in Brixton and Streatham so what, how old was you at the times when you grew up in was you at different ages or it was the same age really I mean probably Streatham do you know where Streatham is yeah of course okay, some people don't know where Streatham is because it's that deep um, so born and raised there and I just grew up there my my parents moved to like they moved from their countries when they were like kids and they just kind of well my dad was at like, 15 when he moved there um, and then kind of grew up there and my parents my grandparents moved to Brixton way back before then 
So I've just been in between two my entire life. Right. So it's not like I'm here one age and I'm here one I'm one other age. It's just, just two different areas itself. Right. I kind of grew up in. So you grew up in Stratham and you got Brixton, Brixton Market, and you grew up around people. And then I went to school in Croydon um, as well. So it's all over different areas of yourself, really. That and so sense. in regards to the content that you was making and stuff, right? Um, at what point did you start getting into doing that? What do you mean? Like what years? Yeah. When did you start building your uh, platform 2018, online? I think, was when I was probably... I, I properly started doing that in 2019. Uh, that's when I was properly going into it and doing it regularly every day. Um, but 2018 was when I was like dropping stuff here and there and like late 2017 just around those years where I was active hmm. but to be somebody who was posting every single day was around 2019 and then I thought rah like people are actually subscribing and hmm. people are watching the content that I'm putting out as well and people could tell that I was somebody that grew up in close proximity to the black community as well because I've been growing up in all these areas and that's just oh, how my friends have always been really so that kind of shaped my view and shaped how I acted and shaped how I just was on camera um, but it's interesting. It's so interesting because is this even filming? Are you just yeah, talking? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, cool. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know this was filming. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm just talking. That's weird. That's um, yeah, so, but it's interesting because I guess people don't realise where I'm from. Like, when you grow up in close proximity to, like, a community, um, I feel like the expectation and standard is higher, mm-hmm. which I feel like is justified. Mm-hmm. It makes complete sense to me. Uh, but then my identity and who I am gets washed out. And that's just how it's always been for me, really. Right. Uh, Why do you think that is? Because you're just in close proximity to other communities, and there's a majority of them. Like the school I went to in Croydon, everybody was either Nigerian or Ghanaian. Um, everybody was just majority West African, and then they were just like me, or just like one Italian boy, or one like this, this, that. And that's just how my environment was. My the institution I went to really was just like that. So that's just how it really was I guess I don't know you just can't really explain why you were mm. in certain areas or why you have certain friends that's just how you grow up um, but then I get washed out in terms of my community where I'm from and my culture and stuff like that so and I feel like London is really just like that in how different communities like we know of each other but do we fuck with each other do you know of me do I know of you do I know how your culture operates you know how mine operates and stuff like that we don't really know that about each other I feel like New York is more intersectional and diverse whereas London is more are we really diverse or do we just keep ourselves to ourselves and then there's just a few people who are just within or like around certain communities so the majority of your friends growing up were black yeah right and they came from obviously different uh, African countries or Mm -hmm. Caribbean countries and stuff yeah okay um, and then that reflected a lot in your audience, yeah? So, like, w- would you say that the majority of the people that were watching your audience were predominantly, or maybe not predominantly, but the people that pushed you the most were black, Asian? Black and Asian. Right. Yeah. Brown and black, always. I feel like that has always been, even in America as well, because a lot of people, a lot of my subscribers and growth is always, also from the US. So, um, it's always been black and Asian. Okay, interesting. So, and this is all off the back of Love Island, pre- predominantly. Predominantly, yeah. Before then, I was reviewing shows as well and talking about issues and talking about, like, you know, anti-blackness within the Arab culture and stuff like that because people from my culture don't really talk about that stuff. So, you know, people don't really, you know, mention it and discuss it. And when I do have debates and discussions with friends, as you do in your home, and they come over, you just talk about this stuff. And I was just 
I thought, you know what? This is the thought in my head. Why don't I just make videos about it? So I was doing stuff like that before um, Love Island came about. And then Love Island came about and I was doing reviews. Right. And people were like, wait, he's actually putting something out every single day. Like, he's not, it's not a situation where he's doing once. He's really trying to put effort. And then I became reliable. People would turn to me and be like, okay, like, he's, we're waiting for his video now because we know he's coming out every single day with the, with the video. Right. And then that just kind of grew. And then I think I started speaking on a lot of American topics as well. Okay. Like American pop culture. So it was yeah. a bit of everything. And then politics came in. So it, it's not just like one finite thing. It's just current affairs. Yeah, yeah. And obviously... In the US. But obviously showing your personality in the process. Yeah, as you come out, you show your personality and stuff like that. Yeah. Why... Okay. Why... Why did you... Or what was it that made you start talking from that perspective? Like, I understand that you come from a certain uh, environment. Mm. You come from a certain place or whatnot. Yeah. But given your experience, why did you feel... Like, it was so important for you to discuss, you know, um, or even be pointing out, like, inequalities or, you know, just having these type of conversations on your platforms. Like, what made you do that? Was it something that you felt like was something that was necessary for you to do? Or was you doing it because you had felt as though there was a past and that you wanted to almost it's a combination it's a combination it's uh, a bit of like you know past actions that mm. I've taken part in and you just feel like you know well you want to obviously speak on stuff like as we say in Arabic ikra 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 which means like read 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 like educate yourself right. speak on matters and talk about stuff like colorism and racism and why you know is it intertwined with my actions in the past I believe so and I believe that is a reason for why I've been like I feel like I need to speak on stuff and I need to be aware of like my own actions in a way. And it's a way of correction. Mm. It's a way of like when I was going to therapy in the in the years of 2021, two, three, four, they were like speaking to me about it. And I was like, how can I, you know, I feel like I've got guilt for some of the stuff that I was doing. Even though there were much older men telling me to do X, Y, Z, you still feel like there's guilt and responsibility. So I think that's been always a part of it. Another part of it is just that frustration and anger because I feel like nobody really was around to help me mm. you know in my past and growing up and what I went through and what I was doing myself I didn't have anybody around me so that in itself frustrated me and that you know I really wanted to try and be a voice for people in some kind of way mm. I think that what it was for me because you know growing up going through what I went through you know you just as a young Muslim boy there's just no one to help you there's there's no environment there's there's like, I can go to a mosque and pray five times a day, but when I go speak to people about this, I just get turned away. Or, like, we're not trying to speak to you about this. Or, like, you know, this is a very taboo subject. Like, and, you know, you just get left on your own. And it's just like, well, what do you do? Like, you're on your own growing up in your teens. You're trying to deal with what you went through. You're trying to find an escape. And you put yourself in situations that are not healthy. Yeah, there's, I mean... I think as we move on as culture, as we move on with time anyway, I think, and the younger generation gets older, we are a little bit more privy to things because of, because of our experiences. And I think that as we get older, sometimes for some people, their experiences that they've had gives them a better understanding of how to deal with that next situation. Right. Whereas like a lot of our parents or whatnot came from a certain place, lived in a certain environment or whatnot, never talked about anything. And if you look at years of 
families and cultures of that's just something that they did for hundreds and thousands of years it's difficult for you know my grandparents to even understand if I if I even mention kink to my to my granddad he would not know what the hell that is but right and I agree with you from the Arab culture and like you know from where I'm from that's why a lot of people are like oh you know that I remember I put, I put out a video about this initially and I panicked and it just imploded the whole situation and everyone's like well why didn't you wait and stuff like that and I'm just like I get it but I just don't think that the white or the black community really understands that somebody who's Arab and a religious Muslim man now and all of this is coming out when he's now religious he's dealt with these things privately he's in therapy he's you know trying to correct his ways and you know all this revenge porn is coming out from like six years ago I'm just like panicking like especially as a, like as a Muslim man we don't speak on these things publicly we do not address but that's not that's not like the Muslim element of it is one side of it but yeah I hear that but you say that but I think that there'd be a lot of people from African countries and Caribbean countries that would say the same thing agree, agree they would agree. say that they they couldn't have a conversation about like even still being gay and being Jamaican is not like Wild. except it's crazy it's like, like you don't that's not a thing being Jamaican there's, we're, we're just getting to that point of being comfortable about eating pussy like that was even that is a whole, a whole thing yeah it so like last, yeah especially in the last so, yeah. so I think even when you put into perspective of what we're talking about here, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and say which struggle is worse, but I think that, like, you, it's almost the same thing in the sense that, like, these people have lived a certain way for such a long period of time that it's, a lot of this stuff, it sounds new to them. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? And that is not going to, it's not accepted within those cultures or whatnot. But as we get older, as you get older, your understanding, if you end up having children or whatever it may be, you're going to probably be more welcome into the idea of having certain types of conversations more than your right. parents being right. that Agreed. way, right? Yeah, yeah. And as, I think it's the same, it's yeah, just, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's, it would be the same for a Nigerian, Correct. it'd be the same for a, a Ghanaian, um, and so forth. When did you start seeing the videos and pictures circulating again? Like, where was you and where and where was you? So I was at home. When was it? That what? day. I think it was in August. This happened like three, four months ago now. Yeah. Uh, I was at home when this happened and like, I just panicked. Like, it was just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm basically being outed in a way. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I just I was on my phone and I was like, okay, this is all happening. What do I do? My friends were like FaceTiming me saying we're on the way because they know that I'm very, they know that I'm somebody who's attempted to take my life before many times. So they know that they were basically going to come to be on in some kind of way because they knew that I was going to struggle a lot with this um, so I saw it all and I just basically had a, like a panic attack and I just went into a fit and I didn't know what to do I wasn't able to breathe properly and I was just thinking like okay cool like, i got to try and say something because people are like you know telling me to say something and in hindsight of course you should have just waited I should have just waited um, but I didn't do that and I don't know, just being a religious guy from my culture, then being outed, and then top of that is revenge porn. It's like a death sentence, because I was meant to be in Saudi Arabia that week, and had I landed and I came out off the airplane or, or I was in the country and this came out, I know I would have been dead by now. Like, that's how wild and crazy this stuff is. Like, I knew for a second I would have been taken and something would have happened. So I was just like, thank God I wasn't there when this all took place. Um, but yeah, that's where I was. I, I was at home. Um, and then obviously I put that video out 
which wasn't a good thing for me to do. That was terrible. Yeah. Did you did you um did you know that these were circ did you like did you know that the someone had them? There were a lot of threats in the past couple of years. Um Oh, you know, we're gonna do this if you don't come back and do what you want from me, do what I want. From the were these people that you were dealing with from before? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they had the, the Yeah, they're like anonymous accounts or whatever, and they were just like, you know, if you don't do what I want you to do and I want this stuff again and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, obviously they've seen your profile grow bigger and they, they know of you or whatever, you know, sending threats and whatever, and I would ignore it. I wouldn't actually, you know Why? I guess I guess from where I'm from, you just put things under the carpet, not the right thing to do. I didn't want to deal with it. I put it under. I didn't want anybody to know about, you know, like again, like from where I'm from, like we don't speak on this stuff. Like, so to then out myself, I'm like, there's no way I can have these discussions publicly because people, the question is, why didn't you get ahead of this? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you speak on this? Why wouldn't you like, you know, actually talk about this publicly? But I guess just from where I'm from, like we, we don't have these conversations. Like we don't speak on this stuff. You just put it under a carpet and you move on especially with the religion I'm from, you deal with this privately, you don't want to expose yourself, etc, etc. And that was just the way that I was taught. And that was what, the way What I is interesting in. to me though, is that, yeah, like, do you have a website, like back in the day when you was doing this stuff? Mm -hmm. So if this meant so much to you, yeah, and you was like really worried about, you know, family knowing, culture, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. these type of things and whatnot, how, why would you have a whole website essentially doing that stuff where there's there's always the risk of people knowing that it could potentially be you. Correct, correct. So at first I thought all I was doing was following the bag and I was just desperate and I was just thinking that's all I needed to do. The bag was good and it was a distraction. It provided me with that strength, with that, you know, I can remove myself from boundaries, certain environments I don't need to be in. Mm. And, you know, this is actually something that I'm thinking like, okay, cool, like I'm actually getting my independence from this. Like, I didn't think that far. I didn't think that it would, because like, you know, it's not as if I was abusing anybody in any kind of way or harming anybody. And it was just no face involved. And it was just what these people wanted. And I just thought, okay, cool. It's bringing monetary value and it's giving me what I need to remove myself, which it did. And then I just stopped it, was basically how it went. How long did you have the website for? So, and can you tell me a little bit about the website? Uh. I've had it for, I think, like two years or something like that. Um, it was just like videos. Right. And like a play button, and it's like, if you want to buy it, whatever. Because this was before OnlyFans. This was pre-OnlyFans days. So there was not, this is how long ago it was, there was nothing for you to put things up on or, you know, merchants and cards and visas or whatever. They wouldn't accept that type of nature content. Now it's different. Mm. Now everyone can put anything up. Had, a, had, a, had OnlyFans been as popular then, I would have just been on that. So that's why a website you made as well, because there was no other way or medium to actually like talk about or sell content or anything like that in that kind of range. Right. Um, and those videos obviously just bring monetary value. And I'm not somebody who wears like big designer wear or, you know, splash the cash. I was just going straight to the bank, saving it and thinking, okay, this can give me my annual deposit. This can give me months rents. This can keep me safe for a while. And it was just like a safe haven. Mm. For me to remove myself from certain environments, did it, did it, did it ever at any point tap into your personal moral compass when at the time that you was doing it? Because 
I think um, we're going to get into the abuse side like a lot later but mm. you know you've talked about having a certain background or whatever and then being introduced to this stuff um, taking part in it mm. monetizing off it and stuff mm. um, and like hearing you speak as well yeah it sounds as though like you found a way to make money off it happily did it ever at any point tap into your moral compass that like maybe this actually doesn't feel right though yeah at the time yeah not not in hindsight now i'm talking about at, at the, the time. time not as much it did but for me it was all about survival for me it was about a point where you know i was homeless didn't have anywhere to live couch surfing living under a bridge at certain times or between places and dealing with a lot of physical abuse at the time so for me it was just i was so disassociated that even when some of this came out i don't even remember half of it that's how wild it is like i don't even remember doing half of it because i'm in and out 20 minutes 10 minutes and the majority of it wasn't race play the majority of it was just book content so you know when i was doing all that stuff i think okay like this is some you know kink dark stuff i'm not really massively into the aggressiveness and etc etc but the majority of it was just thinking okay you're doing it these people want it you're getting back from it so that was just how my mind kind of spoke of it at the time. So there were certain aspects where things went too dark or you're dealing with much older men telling you to do stuff and I'm engaging in it. And then I thought, you know what, this is not me, but you know what, I'm in and out 20, 30 minutes, I'm out. So I think for me, it was so based on survival and making sure that these people don't touch me anymore. I was so sick and tired of that, that I was so focused on, I just need to remove myself and just focusing on being independent and doing it all on my own that that was the sole focus so i think that was what was more focused on as opposed to morals at a point because when you're trying to survive and live life it's easier now to look back at and thinking you know morals why didn't you question x y z but when you're just running when i'm trying to run from that and i'm just thinking on being safe i don't realize where i'm putting myself and how dangerous it can be because it was i didn't realize any of that for me it was just bag saving it, saving it, then I can move on. And then I moved on and then I stopped it because I thinking I've got enough bag I can save and I can move on somewhere else. So for me, that was it. And I guess majority of it was because of what these people wanted or were asking. So it wasn't as, as if I was harming anybody. And that's all I just kind of thought of it. That made sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear that. But, okay, so you say that it's like what they, what those people wanted, but wasn't there an element of that, of what like you wanted as well? Though? No, what I wanted was the bag. Right. Do you know what I mean? So there wasn't really an element of enjoyment for me or therapy for me in it. It was just the enjoyment. The incentive was the back that I was getting from it. Um, Sorry, go on. Yeah, for me, it was just the incentive was just the the bag. It wasn't really enjoyment in that because I had to get fetishized in order for these people to feel fetishized. They want me when they wanted me to be aggressive be angry some people wanted me to act like a terrorist some people wanted me to you know properly go in on them because of the background that i'm from and they get off on that mm. they get off on the fact that i'm and i obviously didn't really understand half of it but i was going with it um and these were men in their 40s and at that time i was 19 20 so you know in 40s 50s and they were just projecting a lot of stuff on me but i went along with it because i needed the bag and i was just it, it, it was fast money mm. that's just the, the truth it was it was quick money and it was large amounts and it was just being saved. It was for me at that age, was, I, was, I had, for me it was either that or going on the street and selling. I remember I was thinking of doing that as well, but that was difficult for me to do because 
I'd have to be on the street all night and people will ask questions around me like where are you at where are you going why are you? and then and it's just so i didn't end up going down that route but it was either or any way of just making fast money and a lot of people when they make fast money from these places and then you want to leave like as i said there's people with dms and sending threats or whatever it's like people who are on the streets and are selling and once they leave and they want to get out of it everyone's like oh but i know you were doing this i know you were selling if you don't come back and do more for me then i'm going to use it over your heads and then it's, it's kind of the same program um but yeah. Do you see with the videos, yeah? Just quick, actually, I sidetracked because I had a question. But yeah, do you definitely. see with the videos, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah? When you're doing them videos, yeah. do how does that work? Do you keep a video and they keep a video? So you had something that you posted on, things that you posted on your own website, yeah. and they had, a vi- like, they had videos too. Yeah, so it's a bit of both where they wanted to film it and then I sent it to them, and they would send me whatever or I would film it. It was a bit of both, or they would tell me how they would want it to be filmed. Okay. Um, if that makes sense. Um, what What do you think was people's biggest issue with what you The race play, did? for sure. Right. The race play, me saying these slurs to these guys, and then you're seeing me on a platform where I'm very anti-racist. So everyone's like, well, you know, what's going on? Who really are you? Like, if you want to keep it real, that is that is the crux. The, the other King stuff was like, okay, cool, rah, but is what it is. But the race players. I like, don't think anyone had. Uh, it really, yeah. I, I actually don't think that people would have had that big of an issue about mm. the foot thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone would have had a problem no. with that at all. But yeah, the like, literally stuff, yeah. that. And I saw, like, in your video, you said the crux of the issue is um, racial hip hip hypocrisy hypocrisy. I can never get that word out. And you engaging in race play. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, yeah. Talk to me. If I was to ask you, do you have racist views towards black people? Your answer would be no. So then, how do you get to a place where you become so privately comfortable with saying racially problematic things? Right. So this was at that time, and for me, it was just you're going into these rooms. So the, so the majority of it was just foot stuff. It wasn't as if, you know, every video was a race, play, verbal, stuff like this. These were just so far and few between. These particular these specific videos amongst people that have been circulated. So you go into the rooms with these people and they then tell you, um, I want you to do 10 more things or this, this, that. And you're like, hold on, I'm not really here for that. Like, I thought we were just doing other stuff. Why do you have something else that you get off on? And now you want me to like, engage in this type of stuff. So the first few times I was like, I'm not doing this. It's a bit ridiculous. And I remember some one time I said that to some guy, he got so angry with me, he knocked me in the head and I just got knocked out. Or other times the hotel door room's locked and I just can't leave. So there was a lot of violence in it. Um, but in other times I did engage in it because it's very difficult for me in an environment. It's, in a video it's different, but when you're in a hotel room with one guy and he's much taller or bigger than you telling you, say these things, these new demands, a part of me went with it because, and just the bag, the money, Apparently went with it because that was just what they were into. I didn't realize, you know, if that's what they want and they're asking for it, call me this, this is what I need. I'm thinking, uh, okay, cool. Like, it's a bit odd, it's a bit weird, but okay. And other times I refused and the violence was just a lot to deal with. Like they would choke me, hit me in the stomach. If you refuse, the minute you refuse, it's like they think you're better than them. Oh, you're better than me because you, are you trying to shame me? Are you trying to, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I just, and then they just get really violent with it. And then they have to tell you, it's all an act 
it's like it's 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 like porn. It's it's an act. So it's all it really is as well. And they you have to act like you're convinced. You have to convince people that you're in that you're doing it with that you're into it. Otherwise, you're not getting paid. So it's such a combination of all. And because of what I went through as a young, I think a lot of questions were also like, oh, you know, you were abused as you were kid. As you were kid, how does that relate to what you were doing? It's very difficult when I'm with people to say I'm 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 not comfortable. I like this to stop. I yeah, because that was going to be my next thing was like, when you okay, if you are in a situation yeah where you go into a room with someone yeah. and you're about to take part in in something and mm. it it off the bat almost um, triggers violence. Do you then? Is it naive for me to then say that like, how do you not have terms and conditions on 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 what you are going to do and what you're not going to do from the get go? Like when you're going into these places or, you know, if, you know, you've gone into a room and someone's, you said that you weren't going to do something and then they've, they've knocked you out, as you said, yeah? In one then, scenario. In one scenario. Then like, what do you do to ch- to change that then? Because clearly... For future, you mean? Yeah, it's like if you walk into a room, it's, let's just say, I mean, I know I, I'm talking maybe from a point of privilege because I haven't been through some of this stuff and I'm just I trying to that. understand I it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, if I come into a room, I'm about to do something with someone or whatever and my experience that I have is physically um, dangerous. Yeah, they've inflicted mm-hmm. a level of violence on me in this point and I don't even know them. Then wouldn't the... Wouldn't the I don't want to say the normal thing to do, but wouldn't like the natural thing to do be like, ah, right, cool. I walked into this situation and I didn't want to do this and this is what they put me through. What am I going to do to make the next scenario different? Mm. Did, did that never come, was that never a thought in your mind? I was that desperate when I'm meeting these people for their back. I'm, I was that desperate for money and whatever. And it did come to my mind, the next person I'm meeting, is it going to be the same thing? No, it wasn't for the next five to 10, whatever. But then the next person, something would happen where they would just flip on me, grab a weapon and have to run out, end up at the station reporting it, but they don't really care. Or, you know, they would then end up actually going in on me in ways that I wouldn't even expect, you know, or choke me. And it wasn't the one after the other was violent. It wasn't like that. So it was just assuming the next situation was going to be better. The next situation was going to be better. And people like me who were or currently are kink or sex workers are just that desperate they are meeting all of these strangers, these random people in hotel rooms that you don't even know. You don't know what you're about to engage into. You think it's one thing, but then they push you to do five, 10 more. And because my boundaries were pushed so much as a kid, going through what I went through, it's so easy to, to push me. Like now if I say to you, I'm uncomfortable with this interview and I want to move out, it's very difficult for me to say that. It's so hard for me to be like, I'm uncomfortable, I'd like to just go. More time, I'll just do it and bounce. So when I was doing that stuff, I was like, you know, this is gonna be like five, 10 minutes and then I'm out. Like it's just that quick. Like it's not like, you know, in the videos, it looks like it's planned and processed, and you know, yeah, it looks like there do. wasn't. It looks like there wasn't a gun to your head. It exactly. looks like you was very comfortable. Exactly. Um, but that's the reflection that these people. And, and I think as well, that is probably another thing that some people would have a problem with is that, like, maybe, maybe in analyzing some videos, you might be able to see, ah, oh, you know what, someone's doing something, and they don't even really look that comfortable doing it or saying it or whatever. But media's you know, conviction. Huh? With me, there's like conviction. Yeah, it, to you, yeah. to in the videos, and from what we see, it looks like you are, honestly, bro, it looks like you are enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. And the, again, I think the actual 
act in what you're doing is just not a problem, innit? That's just whatever that but is. It's the but way it's I'm, the it's the words though. Yeah, the words. It's the words and how you say it. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that that level of like how do you how do you come from a certain type of community and have certain types of friends and be in and amongst that and be so comfortable. Mm. And do you know like I think one of the things yeah as a black person that I think is very irritating for us. Already we have like a, a debate in and amongst ourselves about who says nigger and this, that and the fourth and mm. whatnot. Personally, I just don't, my, where, I, where I'm a bit of a hypocrite is maybe in music, I don't really, this just is what it is. But just in life, I'm just like, I don't really love that. But when you just hear someone who isn't a black person mm. saying it, it's like, it always, it almost feels as though there's like, this thing within people that like you just re you just really feel like you just have to say it yeah i get you i get you on that and that's like i think it's super disappointing mm -hmm. when you see somebody that comes from a certain place but you know what and that is in and around that yeah. and you and and your comfortability is just as loud yeah your mind just separates and it sounds so dumb but honestly like half of i don't even remember doing it like you're you've separated yourself you're going in these rooms but these men are saying to me, well, that specific people are saying, this is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to do, etc., etc." And you have to act like you're comfortable because the reflection of these videos is a perspective of what these men want. It's not a reflection of my own satisfaction because as a worker, sex king worker, you have to, you're, it's a paid service. So you have to act like you're into it. You have to give conviction. Otherwise, they're not convinced. They're not satisfied. They're not giving you the bag. They're not giving you the coin. And you're living empty-handed. Well, at what point do you say no then? Like where well, where, 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 where was your no bit then? Where was the bit of like I'm I am not doing well that. stuff like that, and then there will just be a lot of violence, and then in the future I'm just like let me just do it, cool. Like I don't want to face the same thing. Like I'm just in and out. But like there were a lot of times where things just got a lot of physical with these grown men, and I just think that's something that people haven't really maybe maybe they have or not. But the fact that there's a huge age difference, you know, would this be a different conversation if I was not uh, a boy in this, in this whole situation as well? Like I don't know, but me saying certain slurs here and there in these videos is definitely not a reflection of who I was then, nor is it a reflection of who I am now. I was just so focused on the money. That's just, that's just as me being honest as possible. And I just thought I need to, all my head was these men are doing what they're doing to me and I'm sick of it. I just need to do whatever I can to just get the hell out. That was just my kind of frame of mind. Mm. So it's not who I, how I think about people, never ever, because as I said, it was so far and few between. There's not like hundreds of these videos of me acting like this or whatever. Do you know what though? But it's well, the fact it's, that you've done it. One, bro. It's the fact that you've done it right. is enough. Do you and know? I, and I agree with you. you let me just say this, yeah. Yeah. One could it could be one and five hundred thousand. Yeah. It's just the same. Bro. Yeah, exactly. No, it's I agree. It doesn't matter if it's like, but that in itself shows that it's not something that was I was doing out of constant or you know the whole stuff wasn't about race play because it's not something that I'm just genuinely into. But people are into that stuff. They like to be degraded in that way. And that's something that I didn't realize until I was doing this stuff, that there's a lot more than just foot stuff. There's a lot more stuff these men want. And the, yeah, yeah. But no one cared, no one cares about that though. No, no, no one cares, no one cares that's, about that's that. A, that's a different conversation. It's a different conversation. No one cares about that, but that's something that I didn't really understand when I was going into that world. I basically went from an abusive environment right into an abusive industry, not knowing who I was meeting and what they were asking me to do. And I'm partaking in it. And that's where I'm wrong. And that's where, you know, I'm responsible for. Uh, because of the fact that I engaged in that specific stuff and how it's of course, you know, shocked a lot of people.
And I wish I was able to speak about this earlier. I think that was what pissed people off. The fact that it's like they expected it from somebody down the road, not from me. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, wait, what? From you? Why have you not given us that transparency? Did your friends know you was doing that? Yeah, some of my friends knew that, you know, they knew why I was doing it. And, you know, it's more um, easy did to they know that you was? Did they know to the degree, though? Did they some knew, not, not everyone knew to the degree. I, couldn't, I wasn't really comfortable telling everybody because I just felt like it was my past. You know, I'm dealing with it in therapy. The things that I was, you know, engaged and made to do from these people. So a few people knew here and there, not a large abundance of people. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people were shocked and I wish I was able to give people transparency. But in doing so, out in myself, half my people don't know, the culture doesn't know from where I'm from. It was just a wild conversation that I felt like I just could not have. Uh, being an Arab person, Asian person, I just feel like there's no way I can speak about this. Um, but yeah, I engaged in it. And these men wanted me to do it. And apart from me, sometimes I said no. Sometimes I said I just need the fast money. And that's why I did it. It wasn't really a case of that's what I believe or feel. However, when somebody sees a video like that, you're just thinking, Ra, is this what you're doing behind the scenes? This Because of the way I'm saying it. Um, but it's all just an act from, from me or conviction or, you know, just say what you want and then let me just take the money and boost. Some people will say you essentially are sorry that you were caught uh the thing more is more than anything right but this was a long this was before i was even majorly on youtube so it wasn't a situation where i was doing it at the same time um it's not being sorry being caught i guess from the religion i'm from in islam you just deal with your own sins privately mm. you don't expose yourself uh you deal with it you know you go to the therapy and you just and you discuss it and you talk about it and that's the reason why i speak on colorism and educate yourself and speak on these matters because you need to realize where you fucked up and where you've gone wrong and i have responsibility therefore i want to if i have a platform i'm not just going to review shows i'm going to talk about the fact that certain people of color are going to struggle on these shows i'm going to speak about the fact that why this community is going through this or etc etc because i feel like i have the responsibility there is some guilt for my previous actions when i was you know 1920 and i feel like i need to correct it and that was my way of doing it. The perfect way would have been transparent about it and say why I'm doing it. But because of where I'm from, I just thought I'll deal with that privately and publicly. If I'm going to have a platform, I need to speak up. Yeah, I mean, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, um, I think that like you would have probably done yourself more favors if Absolutely. you did talk, if you did talk about it. And then that way, people can't hold your truth against you. But then the thing is, can I go and do my, my Hajj in Saudi Arabia? Am I allowed to go back to that country? Am I allowed to go back to the That was just my worry. Am I allowed to go to certain areas? In hindsight, transparency would have given would have allowed me to take the power. I think also, though, people. sorry to interrupt you, though, but I think that, like, maybe, as you may have got older, that's the risk that you, you took a risk. Correct, correct. You took a risk, correct. Correct. I agree. And with that risk... It, it might have meant that you can't go certain places or do certain Correct. things. Correct. So if you're living your truth, then ultimately, if mm. it means that you can't go somewhere, mm. you can't see family, you can't, wherever it may be, or go wherever it is that you mm. may want to go, then so be it. Correct. And I feel like that is a part of it, but just being religious and wanting to pray and going to certain areas and some of my family are in these countries and wanted to go and see them and stuff like that. I was like, I'm dealing with this privately. It's a risk. And I'm able to, you know, correct my issues privately but then able to see my family in these countries and, you know, be able to be safe and feel like I'm not going to be taken, et cetera, et cetera, given the nature of the content and the background that I'm from. So I think the background where I'm from and the culture, et cetera, really aided that secrecy because, you know, I really wanted to speak about this publicly. 
Did you? Yes. There were a lot of conversations with my friends that I've had, but I didn't know how to navigate it. How can you have this conversation where, because me having this conversation, I'm then going to out myself completely to my whole culture and family and everything who have no idea. And I just thought there's way too many public ramifications internally if I dealt with this publicly. So either way, I was fucked. That's just the way I saw it. I didn't know which way to go because if my family and everything knew about this, it's going to rain terror on me. And I don't know how to navigate that. So I think that is where it really held me down because I don't know any Muslim Arab men who are able to speak on this publicly or whatever they've done, etc. Or Asian men speak on this publicly. That just really clamped me down. And I didn't know because if, if I was somebody from a different demographic, if I was white, for example, I'd have that flexibility to be like, oh yeah, I was a kink worker. Oh yeah, I did this stuff. There would be a lot more fluidity for me to speak on this. But I just felt trapped. I didn't know how to address it. So I thought, you know what, calm. I'm dealing with it privately. I'm closer to my religion now. I'm dealing with it in therapy. Let me just talk about the things that I really also want to talk about publicly and just keep it like that. That was the mindset. But in hindsight, as you said, the best I think would have done was just to outline everything. So nobody's shocked and you've taken the power away and people are just more understanding. But I just couldn't do it from, that's why. It's that kind of trap that I feel like I'm from. And it sounds so much lighter than it actually is the way i'm saying it to you just like okay cool but it's so much more deeper where i don't know if i could see my my family ever again from the stuff that i was doing and the stuff that i was doing was because i needed the bag to remove myself from half the stuff that was happening to me from what these from what people were doing i can't even if you said to me right now who was it that did that did we that did what they did to you when you were young i can't even name i can't even tell you that i can't even outline where it happens I can't outline to you such such easy details that one should do. Yeah, Hardy mentioned that. When yeah. I sat down and had a conversation with Hardy, he talked about um, he was in um, Amsterdam. You said he had a flash. Was it flashbacks? Yeah, he had a yeah he had a, he had a um, psychedelic, I think, and yeah, he just had flashbacks. It's and the then flashbacks, he, man. Yeah, and that then shit he was powerful. Made, he made a phone call. To who? He made a phone call to a family member. He didn't say who the family member was, but he just said, I just wanted to know, did this happen? And and yeah, they confirmed it. Yeah. So For it me, was it was first. flashbacks when I was like 17, 18. For me, it was going through that at uh, 14, 15. And then there were several attempts for it to happen again in my early teens. And I tried to like stop it. And then there was a lot of physical uh, stuff going on as well. So it was just a constant different stuff going on from people in environments in institutions that I went to go as well um, so it was a lot of different collection but again like I don't know when he spoke on that maybe it was after that I did that terrible video and I don't know when he made a statement about that but I was just thinking like I don't know I just I wish I could be as transparent as people but I just I can't the ramifications are too much internally I'm just too scared why should anyone believe you in regards to what in regards to the your abuse. connection, yeah, not not so much the abuse, but in regards to your reasoning for why you was doing what you was doing. I don't know why people. Some people would believe me because they understand it. Uh, some people might not believe it and just be like, okay, well, how you? Because what it looks like is that you're using it as an excuse or it's a distractor, and there's no excuses for anybody's behaviour. Abuse doesn't justify excuse. Period. It doesn't. Uh, but that was for me my fear I, I don't want anybody touching me again I'm sick and tired of it I hate it I dislike it Multiple. I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore so that was just my driving factor whether one of people believe me or not I guess it's just their prerogative I can't force people to believe whatever they want to believe it is what it is but 
that was just the driving force because I wouldn't if, if I I know if I didn't go through what I went through I would not be finding dumb reasons to try and make back I would be in safe environments I wouldn't have people trying to take me out to do stuff to me again and there would be no reason and a lot of what I went through the sexual abuse it sexualizes you at a young age desensitized me a lot as well and it just nurtured that desperation for me to just survive like when you're just in survival mode like and I'm running away from abuse I'm not looking at morals I'm not looking at what's right and wrong I'm just looking at I need to get the hell on and make sure I'm safe and you know do what I need to do at that age so I guess when you look back at it it's like well why didn't you don't you have don't you have morals don't you just xyz but when you're in the thick of it and you have and you're around people who are doing stuff to you and you're just sick of it and you're so scared of shit people didn't shit to you again you then end up just and you're finding a way that's making you good bag you're just thinking I'm just gonna keep doing it until I can get the hell on and then I stopped it because if I was somebody who was still into it there will be videos of me doing it today there will be videos of me doing it last year the year before the year before that and etc etc but I put it away and I was like I'm done with this shit I want to just get get away from you guys like mm. I got my coin I'm not able to start something else that brings me good coin like okay cool I'm good and I'm dealing with it in therapy and I'm now more religious and I play five times a day and I'm close to Islam and etc I'm thinking okay cool and somebody like me who go anybody that goes through any form of abuse as a kid 15, 16 or younger than that or sexual abuse or physical whatever you're not going to come out and go on the right path you're not going to be okay there might be anything that you might do that is just wrong yeah, you know what I mean I'm going to get to that actually um, yeah, I, that, I do have like a I was going to move quickly but um, just to push back on just a little something because yeah, again yeah, it's just understanding yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the contradictory element in because you were saying about wanting to you wanted to just make money and be safe mm-hmm. and you wanted to get out of you wanted to I guess make money to get out of the environment that you that's what I was about. thinking of but you see yeah. like you say that you wanted to be safe but on the other hand you talk about so much abuse in which you wasn't safe so you wasn't safe but you wanted to be safe yeah it almost doesn't the two doesn't sound what do you mean so it's like you're saying you know what like I you was going through I wasn't things, whatever, safe, and you wanted yeah. to you was trying to just put yourself in a predicament where you could be safe yeah but you were still putting yourself in an environment where you're saying that it wasn't safe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I was that desperate because of the incentive. The incentive was the bag. And the bag was what was going to make me have my own four walls. So is that just imagination and that kind of, you know, ideation that I'm going to have my own four walls now. If I keep getting this bag, I'm, I'm going to be safe. There's going to be that light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that's what it was for me, that it was continuing, continuing. And then when I got the bag, had my own four walls, like the first day I remember I just cried to God and I was just crying like I just got emotional and I was just thinking like yes nobody can do I don't want to buy it in detail but nobody can do specifically what they want to do to me now because I've, I can, I've got my own four walls like that was just a relief did you, t- did you take the website down after that or did it yeah start? the website I think was taken down as well it was left there for a minute and then it was taken down yeah the one thing that obviously I wanted to just be super clear in that as well is that um yeah, no one didn't you and as you know as well, like no one didn't have and I don't think people had an issue with the football no, and man, stuff it was like just that. The, it was just all the race play and the stuff race like play. that. And, and how, it yeah. made me think, because um, I when I was watching your the second apology video, uh, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but you was breaking down just like just a small element of the race play and then and then you mentioned like you said like, or is it just the kink? 
yeah like or just it just just a dark king yeah and you use an example of like of you know some people who could be like a feminist but yeah like yeah but like is that is it and help me understand that like mm. is that possible is it possible to have uh, a dark kink without an element of truth in it and have an opposing view like how does how do you how does that yeah, become I think, a thing I, I think that some people can do, do that do you understand the question I'm asking saying, yeah, especially from an outsider perspective you're just thinking like how, yeah, do, like, how you, do you like how do yeah, you yeah. say oh you know what like let, let's use your example as a feminist yeah I'm a feminist right but I have a kink to be Misogyn- yeah, to be yeah. misogynist, and the kink is almost a secret. So, especially that's the other thing of it as well. Yeah, I think I could maybe understand it if the kink, and I know everyone is different. The world mm-hmm. is made up of different colors. Everyone does things in different ways or whatever. Yeah, but if you've got this kink, and people ask you, let's say someone asks you, like, what is your kink or whatever, and you just say what the kink is. I know it's a bit mad, but this is mad thing or whatever, and you yeah, break yeah, down yeah, why. Yeah. Then you could maybe see, you could. Possibly, yeah. maybe see. Okay, cool. But if you have a kink that doesn't apparently align with your moral and political views or whatever it yeah, may yeah. be, uh, and it's a secret, how is it just the kink? I have no idea. You have to. These are the people that are into this stuff. So when I use that as an example, I just think there are so many people who maybe they find enjoyment in secrecy. I don't know where they just feel like well you know one way or, or this is another way this is all consensual we're asking these people as a paid that's why they hire kink or sex workers to fulfill their stuff because they it's a paid service they paid people mm. for these kinks and for enjoyment and I know some some kink workers who've been who are who have to engage in a lot of race play so like a lot of people are upset with me with it but what about the men who are actually asking this stuff and why they're requesting it and what they put people like kink or sex workers through because for us it's just a form of work we're just going in there doing xyz at the time and then you're just leaving but you're just well you like, i mean I had to, engage to, be, in... to be clear the reason why it's you particularly no of course of i mean uh, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I get you know i mean just saying. in general sorry in general yeah. kind of not just me but like in general yeah. and then you know where now i'm now in therapy talking about it about why i engage in this why i'm doing it for and etc etc and how it affects me but then i'm still going to engage in it here and there so far and few between in any dark kink because well, that specific dark kink because I'm just so focused on obviously the bag. But for me, it just just I, I just know people who who have done it before, and I personally don't know why some people are into it because it's not my kink. I'm not specifically into that stuff. Mm. But I think it's because of either secrecy, enjoyment. They know it could be wrong publicly, but behind closed doors, it's all consensual. Do you know what I know people that I know people that have done I know a couple of people that like their kinks are to have women say certain things to them and whatnot. And I remember when I first heard that, like when I first heard some, like couple of people that I know say to me in like their endeavors that that is what they, like I don't judge them on it because I just I just tried to make her understand it. Like yeah. why is it, what is it you like about that? What is it you like about it? Yeah, what is it that you like about it? But you know what, it did make me think, yeah? Like one day I was gonna test it I was actually going to test it on someone. I was going to say to someone, you know what, yeah, this is my thing. And I was going to see if she was going to say it to me. And if she said it, I think I'd have had a massive problem. But you would have... So like, I would have... If I had said... But you're not you know what? No, I'm not into race. There's no yeah, way. You're not, you're not but if I stuff. said to a woman, yeah, lo- yo, do you know what, babes? Tonight, I want you to call me this, that, and the fourth. 
like the call me a nigger and blah and and I and we went in the bedroom and she comfortably was saying this to me. Mm. I would have a massive issue with it. And I know that like I'm putting her in the position to say it, but you don't have to say it. But though. you would have a massive issue with it because that you're obviously gonna try and test it out, you're not into it. Well you've got these men who are actually into this stuff actually love it and stuff like that where they're constantly forcing it like that specific or here and there you need to come do xyz i'm not paying you this is what i need and i love it so i i, I don't question why people are into their kinks mm. i just for me it was just in and out 20 minutes and and that was really it mm. and the race play wasn't the majority of any of it it wasn't the majority it was just literally like a handful of times here and there um, that was enough still to your no, question, no, no, your question to, for your character to be questioned. No, no, no. It's still enough for the mm. character to be questioned. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it wasn't something that I was divulging in. Like, that wasn't the main centerpiece of why it was all just about foot stuff. But that's what I mean by when you're going into these rooms and you're meeting these people, you don't actually know what they're into. You don't know what they're projecting onto you. They're much more older than you. I didn't realize what danger I was putting myself into. As I said, it wasn't a safe environment for me to be in, but I was that desperate to put myself in that unsafe environment because I knew that I was going somewhere else. So, yeah, I don't know why people are into dark stuff like that. Like, I don't know what it is that makes them tick. What do you, what, what's your, what's your opinion on kink shaming? Uh, I feel like, you know, if, if it, I feel like it's interesting because if, if it's kinks and people are just enjoying it and it's consensual, then surely it should be okay. But then, you know, there are kinks that can be constitutes and can be abusive so like i don't know it's a bit of both i don't know what you yeah I, I was, what do you think when, I, when i started like reading about it yeah like i'm going to tell you what i feel in my soul but i'm also willing to learn though mm. so there's an element of shame is not the right word it's not the right word yeah but whatever the word is, someone can help me with that, yeah? But let's just say, for the context of this conversation, let's just use the word shame. Mm. There's an element in kink shaming that I think I agree with. And just maybe not the shame, because I think we can so interpret shame in certain ways, yeah? But the reason why I say that is because I think it's when you're taking part in something that is enabling trauma and coming from a place of trauma. Mm. If it's if it's purely sexual satisfaction, then then that just is where it is. But if it's coming from a place of, you know what, like this is what happened to me when I was mm -hmm. young, or this is what happened to me when then this and the fourth and whatnot, then I'm like, I'm, I feel anti it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ultimately, if I'm having an encounter with a woman, yeah, and she wants me to do some things that are tapping into something that is dark within her, which is like a kink or whatnot, no, I don't, I, let's, you know what? Let's get to the root of the problem first. Once we get to the root of that, yeah, uh, maybe you may have, you're gonna have to feel uncomfortable. To get to the root, you're gonna have to feel uncomfortable. And maybe there's an element of shame that would happen within that. Mm. But let's get to the root of it. Once we get to the root of that problem, then if that kink is then still there, but from a completely sexual aspect, then okay, cool, that just is where it is. But as I said, if it's coming from a place of, you know, some deeper trauma or whatever mm. it may be. I'm like, nah, nah, that's a that's a really, really big problem. That's but a massive issue. How would you issue. identify that if you're with a girl? How would I identify yeah. it? Is that, is that what you're saying? If you're with somebody and they're asking you to do something um, and for you it's just pure like, there's of course just sexual satisfaction. How would I identify it? The thing is you can't, like, 
Conversation. Conversation is cool, but you're not a psychiatrist or like a child trauma expert mm. or kink expert. Like, how are you going to mm. identify why somebody's really into that whole situation? But I forget if that's your girl and you're in a relationship with that person, then there's more conversation for you to have with them as to why they want you to do X, Y, Z. So, but I don't know why some people are into such dark stuff. Mm. Um, and where they, where is, what is their source of enjoyment? Is it trauma? Is it secrecy? I don't know what it is. Uh, but when some, some of them asked me to do it, I just said, this is just, you question in your head, why to that level? Is it shame? Like, where does it come from? You just don't know. Hmm. I wonder if you, I wonder if the reaction would have been a little bit different if your, this situation was with you and the partner and you had built like a level of trust within, with you and your partner. And yeah, I know, understand that people would not, necessarily get it because this is you and your partner and what happens behind closed they, people are not privy to the conversations that you mm, might have mm. and the comfortability or whatnot. but I think I can see why naturally if it, it just seems as though you're stepping into a room and someone just asks you something and like yeah just for it's we don't know how much money it is but for a little money you're like really comfortable with saying these type of things I just wonder if the reaction would have just been different had it of being in a that. partner but it, yeah but you know what know neither of that really matters to be honest no with you. it's I mean, just a shock and the fact that yeah, it's done I was just like exactly so either or um, you said and you kind of lightly touched on this already yeah but you said coming from the background and the descent that I come from I ended up being hyper fetishized um, by yeah. people around yeah. me could you talk on that so similar bit? to how I give examples of some of my friends for me it was nobody of my descent or whatever is really in this kind of industry and world there's not much of a presence so there is some kind of satisfaction some people have of, I want you to do this, is that, because I love it coming from somebody of your descent. You know, sorry, let me just ignore that. Uh, coming from your descent, come from where you are and you get hyper fetishized by people so that they can feel fetishized, they can feel subjugated, degraded in any kind of way. So initial stuff was foot stuff and then, you know, because they're getting it from somebody specifically from you, they then want to add 10 more things on it uh, that they enjoy and that they get off on. Um, and that it was always different for me as opposed to somebody else of a different demographic in that industry. There's always more demand. Yeah. So that's why I know specifically some people from my descent or other descents specifically who get fetishized that have to engage or are, are asked to engage in specific other darker kinks because there's just like, whoa, you're getting this from this person. Like this is the ultimate fantasy for me uh, for why these people want it. So that's why it was a, a common occurrence with me as opposed to somebody else who may not be from where I'm mm. from. So again, it's all it's all about projection. How old was you when that when the the first time, like, well, you may not know exactly the first time, but being fetishized, like, when how old was you when you was a, aware that that was kind of what was happening? Nineteen twenty or something like that. I was aware. It's, the The demands were crazy. Oh, we want you to be um, aggressive because that's how your people are. We want you to act like a terrorist. Like I say, people are, we want you to have the satisfaction that you've kidnapped us and you're from some, you know, desert country and we want you to call us this, this, that. It's in insane how crazy these demands are and they want you to talk to you like that and be more aggressive because that's how you are. So when I speak to other people of different descents, sometimes the work they have to do for people is tailored from where they come from and they get fetishized in doing so. And you don't realise the madness of it until you get a little older. You don't really realise the full effect and damage of what these grown men are asking and saying. 
what is the correlation between you? You sort of mentioned this before as well, but what is the correlation between sexual abuse and sex work? Okay, like how does the two connect? Well, I know that well over forty or fifty percent of sex workers or kink workers have been sexually abused. Um, so either a you can overly sexualize them, and they end up just having a lot of sex, and they end up going into sex work, and they get money from it, and they enjoy it. Some sex workers enjoy it. Or B, you know, I know for my reason, because I can't speak for everyone, my sexual abuse was so graphic and constant, um, it put me in a position of fear that I don't want this situation to be repeated, overly sexualized the hell out of me, desensitized me a lot, and I put myself in a position to go into sex work. A lot of it is, some, some of it is subconscious as well, as to like, I don't know, but there is a connect between sexual abuse and sex work as well. But those were some of the reasons as well. But the main reason for me was, I need some kind of bag so I can have my own place um, and fast coin and this was given it to me and yeah but a lot of sex workers have been sexually abused there's a direct link and hit with it I think the way I initially presented it it came across as if I was saying this is an excuse yeah yeah absolutely. and that was terrible yeah it was and the weaponizing of the, the trauma the weaponizing of the trauma but that's not what I was doing I, in that video before I was so angry that these men did what they did to me I just wanted to let everybody know that. And in me doing so, and then not actually explaining my own action responsibility, it looks like, well, hold on. You just mentioned that and you've dipped. So, you know, what else are you going to talk about? So, I'm just so angry at what these people did and why I had to go for it and why I deserve it and why me, God, etc., etc. You just question everything. Why did people have to violate like me like this? Like, I could have just been a normal kid. I feel like I'm not normal. But like I'm not like you guys or like I feel like I want to be a normal person have normal journeys in life and I just don't unfortunately have that 19 and 20 were very insane ages for me that was when I was homeless that was when I confronted some of these people and I said to them why did you do that to me and bear in mind when I go therapy some men are in their 60s and they have never actually told anyone in their life like their mom and dad are dead and they haven't told anyone and I was at that age and then I also told friends at that age it took me an hour with some friends sitting there they're like go on what is it what you want to say I can't even it can't even come out of me. It's just in me. It fucks you up. So when I confronted these people and I said, why did you do what you did to me? Some of them were shocked. And some of them, two, one of them said, sorry. The other one just got angry and left. And I, in hindsight, I shouldn't have confronted them. I was way too young, but I was just angry. And in after three years, I did forgive one of them. I just forgave him because I just felt like, you know what? I need to let go of this. Let me just forgive you. Because if God, if I can't have mercy upon other people, how is God going to show me mercy? That's what the religion got into me and I became more religious. And I just kind of forgave him. Um, but I feel like I'm rambling. But the... Am I rambling? No, no, no. Okay, cool. I feel like I'm rambling. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, I just felt like, okay, cool. This is where now life is going to happen. I really addressed these flashbacks that are coming. I was in the gym, I remember, and I'm, I'm seeing them. I'm thinking, fuck, like I dropped the weights one time. And I was thinking, these flashbacks are really coming now. Like, what am I going to do with it? Uh, you know, it's coming up to the surface. And once I said it and it came out, I was crying so much. Like, it was insane. Like, something just came out of me. And then I was really, like, dealing with it. And now I can say the word sexual abuse so easily in a sentence. But five, six years ago, I was a different person. Mm. Quiet. You know, not speaking to anyone. Secret. Doing certain things behind closed doors. You know, not even telling anybody. It's, it's insane. And the thing is, because I've kept this quiet and then it comes out like this, it's not like a Netflix film where you're seeing both sides of the coin 
and then you can make up your own conclusion or you're seeing the struggles with the success and etc etc so you're not you're, nobody can make sense well i mean and to be honest the average person is not like is not that understanding True, it's a very nuanced and, conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I get that. Like, that, like it, sometimes I think it takes a certain type of person to sit and really yeah. unpack that and try to get an understanding of that. I think for some people, it's just black. It's black and white for them. Mm. It's like I think sometimes what we do as people, and this could be right or wrong. It's like sometimes we do judge people based upon our own moral compass in it. And I think within doing that, some people will turn could say, "Oh, you know what? Like I would never do that, so I can't understand." that and I think our society kind of does yeah I mean, uh, it's move frustrating. a lot like that and I think it, it can be frustrating in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people when it's time to address, like, and, address and unpack because then um, a person can do that but it goes on deaf ears or it falls on deaf ears right. because no one that ain't really trying to hear that because that's what people are saying like why did you do that like why did you not say there was no it's like bro have you ever been homeless under a, like a bridge with just like a mini suitcase have you ever not known where your your next roof's gonna be like and even now so many people are going to sex work because of rising bills because they can't afford rent and that's just some issues but when you're running from such severe graphic shit people are just violating the shit out of you and you end up being homeless it's just like and the people are like well I wouldn't have done that it's like you ain't been through half of the shit so like you can't really relate so as you said it falls on deaf ears but when you're trying to explain this stuff like now it feels so nerve wracking but you have to be patient to try and relay information to people because they're really just like well you're a dickhead because you did xyz and it's like you're not understanding or getting why i felt so hungry and desperate to just have a roof over my head that i was just doing dumb shit for money and that's all it really was for me it wasn't anything more or less and it's not like i have these you know race play beliefs or whatever or that i'm doing this continuously in life or that's what a lot of people were bothered but for me it was just i was so separated and all i wanted was back and yeah. It must have been very awkward around your black friends, mate. What do you mean? <laughs> when all of this came out and they didn't know what the hell was going on, I'm sure well, they... Uh, no, no, none of my friends have left me. Not one person left me. Right. Of course, there's awkwardness. Initially, we were like, okay, for those, for those that didn't know. Um, but they knew that I was going through a lot of stuff. They didn't know what, some, because I didn't want to tell everyone. But they knew I was going through stuff. Because I'd be going through stuff every single year with this issues and etc. So they knew and were privy to it. So they're like, okay, cool, this man has struggled. Like, he's not doing this shit for fun or whatever. Um, so for some people who didn't know, there was awkwardness. But because they know who I am, uh, we had a conversation with them and they completely got it, understood why I was doing dumb stuff. Um, so, yeah. You said, I've got a lot of learning to do. Yeah. At the end of your apology video. From what we discussed about, you know, the regrets of... Should I have been transparent about this before? I wish I was. I wonder how I could do that. Learning as well about how I can help other people. Because I know there are several people like New York Colour, Black Brown, especially young Muslims who are going through sexual abuse, who are going to put themselves on the streets, who are going to put themselves in sex work, end up doing wild stuff that they shouldn't be doing that's going to be a part of them for the rest of their life. How can I help them? How can I provide something for them how could, how could I do that? I feel like now that's also a responsibility of me. Maybe that's too much on my plate. But behind closed doors, because, you know, in Islam, we do charity quietly. So behind closed doors, you know, like certain people will be like, oh, I'm going through something. I'm a refugee in this country. I'm staying with these landlords. They're touching me up. What do I do? And I'm like, here, take a bag from me and dip. And I wish I had that same kind of support or some or an ear 
or something like that, which I just which I just didn't have. So I guess that's where my learning comes from, and just the fact that you know I've disappointed people. I wasn't as transparent, and especially in my initial video as well, I just panicked. Um, I guess all of that is just a jargon of learning, and how your previous actions can really shape you, especially when it comes to the public and stuff like that. I think all of that is really what I really want to do. And again, I've tried to speak to people publicly for my own community, like Muslim imams or whatever. I'm like, let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation. People might they don't want to talk about it. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to speak on this. It's such a taboo conversation. Sexual abuse of young boys and girls in places they don't want to address this. Have a conversation. Nobody does. Some people are like, oh, why don't you have a conversation with somebody that looks like you? I've tried. They they don't want to go near it or address it or talk about it because it's, it's happening all over the UK, all over the world. Uh, and, you know, like I know I'm not the only one. There's one um, thing that I actually forgot to mention, just like there's a couple of things left. But um, I forgot to mention the captions. Yes, the, yes, yes, the, yes, yes. On the videos, pictures and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They were like super... Um, a lot, but yeah. that, that wasn't for me. So I didn't write any of that stuff. And when that came in the TR, I'm thinking, okay, this seems very articulated, this whole setup, because the way it was dropped and everything. I don't know what this is. Either this is edited, either this is from some like fantasy literature where people, you know, can love interracial content and then project their own stuff even more on separate dark blogs. I don't know what that was. Well, how were you captioning them on the web, on your website? Website captions were very, that was just like, that was different. This was like from, it seemed like to me like it was from some blog. So they were they didn't copy and paste it? So it wasn't like it wasn't. So you see, you had your website and you had yeah, some of the videos yeah, and stuff yeah, and that yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, did they didn't take the captions from the video from the website and then put post them on the blog? No, they put a different captions. Oh, okay. I don't know what that was when I read it, but I was like, I don't know what this is. But from the naked eye, someone's like, well, I've seen you doing videos. How is this not you? Because to the naked eye, someone's gonna be like, well, you did that, so you've definitely done this. They're gonna put two into the cover and run with it. And there's nothing, I, there's nothing I can do about it, but from saying that this was not me, I didn't write any of that stuff. I didn't, I didn't speak like any of that caption in the videos, that detail or novel fantasy literature. I was like, I don't know what this is. But when you put content out there like porn, people are gonna take it, recycle it and run with their own narrative. And that's my own responsibility because I put it out there at that point of time. What's your objective? What, 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 where do you go from here? The thing is, I feel like I wanna have conversations with people who've been through what I've been through, because I've had a lot of people message me saying, Mariah, we're in your predicament, or we've been in your predicament, we've done this stuff. There's so many people out there, but no, there's no space for it. No one talks about it, there's so much judgment. To talk to sex workers who've been through so much, and are still going through so much, oh, we've done this, we've been in therapy, we're running from this, we know exactly what you've been through. We want to talk about our experiences and our stories. So that's what I want to do. Mm. And of course, pop culture is pop culture, so you know, that's just, it is what it is. But that is definitely something that I want to bring to the table, because I feel like those conversations are not happening. Um, even to have this conversation here is just wild. It's so wild. I yeah, I would like. actually like to have a conversation with um, some sex workers as well. Do you know what I mean? It's wild. Some of the stories they've told me, all of colour, they've all come forth to me, especially Muslim people. They're like, where can we go? Like, we can't go anywhere. And even when I try to get therapy as a kid, you're on the NHS waiting line for so many years. Like, there's no one you can go and talk to because you feel like people are just going to drag you, judge you, seeing you in a video, taking part in something that these men want you to do. Therefore, you're a dickhead. 
as opposed to actually saying let's hear this guy out I think that is a conversation I feel like you should do as well yeah definitely I'd like to I think I'd that like me and you actually work together I don't even remember but you <laughs> beg your pardon you were we were in uh, <laughs> but don't, don't don't involve me in this god forbid <laughs> god forbid I mean uh, you can't just exit from sex work so and well. then say we work together no I but think, I mean uh, you, were, you were in Nighttown and you used to be a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used yeah. to remember that because I used to work at oh, okay. as well. Sorry, that, well, that came out so up. wrong. Right. The way okay. I said it, I was like, hold on. <laughs> you used to be yeah. a DJ there, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to know that you've accomplished a lot. Thank, thank you. And God willing, it continues. Um, That kick was brazy, though. <laughs> it was, innit? You see the kick, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where, like... You got, like, where you, you learn got, that from, you got, bro? From them, you got to keep. Doing, like, this is how you want it because this is how you. This is how your people are. This is how we want it. And I'm just thinking that's just not me. Like I'm not an angry person. I didn't but, even okay. know that kick. That one kick that I saw, I didn't even know Dead. it existed. I didn't me. even know you could do that. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I, I thought, I, like, if someone tried to describe that to me, I would have thought that you would have broken an ankle. Dead. You would have broken a knee. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? But I don't understand Torn why. Do you understand people, what I'm saying? I don't understand why people like that level of violence. I don't get it, but. They're just into it. I don't know why people like violence like that or treat like doesn't it hurt you? Like one man said to me, "You're not leaving the hotel room until you bruise me," and I'm just thinking, "Bruise you? Like I'm not here to hurt you. I don't want you to go hospital and I'm going jail or pen or whatever." Like I just I don't. so it's crazy what demands they have, and you have got to try and fulfill it to whatever they did at the time. It comes from a lot of it. Probably comes from some type of trauma. Or That's whatever. why I always think about: Is it coming from trauma? Were you beaten up as a kid, and therefore you liked it? Well, it must. It come. It has got to come from somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Or does it come from the fact that you're young kids and you're watching porn, and you just like what you're seeing? That's true. Because there's Possibly so much true. porn where violence, even against women, is normalized. Where you're beating that woman to. But a we we could only uh, that could only stand with a certain generation, though, right? Because no, I think there's a lot of porn out there right now where men are beating up women or choking them, that's true. or hitting them yeah, and kicking true. them, and therefore a lot of men are with yeah. girls. And they're like, oh, we're going to well, do porn, this. Yeah, porn definitely gives like a real, un, like... Uh, Underbelly to it. Yeah, and it does It does also um, give a, an expectation that isn't real as well. I think that oh, there's definitely. like a lot of people, a lot of young people in particular are watching porn thinking that that's how sex is and that's actually just not even how sex is. That's what I'm and saying. I, and I think, you know what, there's a, with me having friends that are women and even women that I've spoken to on a podcast or whatever, yeah? yeah. One thing that I've really learned is that like, at a young age, for a lot of women in particular, they never even really felt like sex was for them because it was, a lot of the time, it comes from a place of mm. selfishness from mm. the, um, the male part or whatever, yeah? And what is interesting to me now is that, like, this is coming from some women that are of a certain age where porn was accessible, but not as much as it is now. So that level of selfishness is probably going to heighten to a bigger degree now. Because imagine if you're 13, 14 years old and you're watching porn and you're thinking that this is exactly how it's supposed to and be. You're going how to many of them? Yeah, then you're going to go into that encounter and do exactly the same thing. And then there will be a whole bunch of people. And there'll be a whole bunch of, I would say in this context, like women, for example, who will be in compromising situations and not even know how to get out of it. And I think it will probably be even the same for young boys that are you know, might be sexually attracted to the same sex or but whatever. But I feel like it's more easy to understand it if it's women. Huh? You can only, yeah, exactly. That's it's true. more easy to understand yes, it if it's girls. True. It's that's not, for me as a guy in these videos. If you turn like, around and say that you've been, I'm, do you know what? Anyway, this is not even for today, but there was a time where 
I said I was going to have a conversation about this one time where I was sexually assaulted by a woman. And I remember when I told my brethren, yeah, or I told my brethren, he just thought it was funny because it was like, well, how? And when I explained the situation, I did explain it in a funny way. But had I explained, had she of explained the same situation and that had been me, her friends would have said, call the police. That's what I'm saying. But there's no conversation for male sexual assault, male rape, because men are masculinity, men are patriarchy. So when you come and you speak about certain things that you've been through, you get laughed at. You get pushed away, especially coming from the culture I'm from, times two, or from the culture and background that you're from, is times two. So men are not treating. It's as if men or boys can't go through that. We can't be controlled by other people, or you know, there's that level of fragility that we may not have. Um, and I think because of how we look like as well, me being an Arab bearded, an Arab bearded man, I don't have the space of was he groomed? Was there coercing going on? And you're right. You know, a lot of sexual abuse where you feel like you're used distorts your mind as well when you're in future situation do you feel like you need to be used again to be provided and paid a service and this is what you're providing for people and you're being used and you need to satisfy people and that's your only purpose in that kind of way has it provided that kind of way is that also another place and when you were like oh you know this environment wasn't safe for me i just could not heal in an environment where i'm being abused like you just can't find yourself to be a better person in that same place so yeah, there's environments where those guys were unsafe, but it's different from a place where you were actually being abused yourself uh, in terms of like constant and so much in, I don't want to go into the details, uh, but all of that. But yeah. Well, I hope that you learn whatever you need to learn from that, from what this situation, mm. and you find peace with what's happened. I think it's a lot of radical acceptance as well accepting of action accepting of this part of your life you have to accept it you have to own it that's the only way you can move on thanks for coming mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.